Welcome to The John Chapman Show, where we talk about the path of a wealthy millennial, uncovering the truth about building and protecting your nest egg. Join us on this journey as we hear the stories of millennials and mentors alike to help you plan, manage, and protect your wealth. John is an employee of WorthPoint LLC. All opinions expressed by John and podcast guests are solely their own opinion and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of WorthPoint. This podcast should not be relied upon for investment decisions and is for informational purposes only. What are the long-term care options for your aging parents? Well, on today's episode, we talk with Frank Sampson, the founder of SeniorCareAuthority.com, about the incredible need for senior care and the five different categories of living care, which include independent living communities, assisted living, memory care, skilled nursing facilities, and in-home care. Check out some of these statistics. In 2020, there are close to 50 million U.S. citizens that are over the age 65. But in just the next 30 years, that number is expected to almost double to get close to 90 million over the age 65. Now, more than 50% of the population is expected to need some type of long-term care. And the average duration of care is anywhere between one and a half to three years at a minimum. And be sure to listen to the end where we talk about the pros and cons of each type of care and the potential monthly costs associated with them. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, or you can reach out to me directly at thejohnchapmanshow at gmail.com. With that, let's dive into today's episode. Frank, my understanding of senior care authority and when families are thinking about how to plan for their parents, they, they probably come to you with months, maybe years ahead of time, trying to understand what the best options are for their parents. But when do you usually get in contact with families when they're asking about senior care living? And John, I wish that was the case. I really do. And actually, we try to educate people so they will come to us ahead of time. But uh, it's not quite often that... Uh, family, you know, a couple or families get together on a Sunday and go, hey, let's uh, spend our day going to visit uh, assisted living communities. You know, it's just not not too common. So we're, I have to say, in probably the majority of the cases, we're doing in crisis mode. You know, something has to be done right away, at least those that need a higher level of care. Yeah, you're right. When you, when you put it that way, it doesn't sound too appealing to spend your Sunday afternoon looking at different type of housing facilities for mom and dad. So it probably is more in a crisis moment, uh, realistically speaking. But I guess maybe there's some opportunity there for, for this podcast. And part of why I want to have you on is just uh, to be able to, to help educate people ahead of time, at least a little bit, and understand a framework for what the different care options are. I, I know for me as a financial planner, when I'm helping my clients transition from their working years to the retirement years, one of the most common things is they're dealing with elderly parents. And so they're starting to think about how does my retirement plans fit into helping mom and dad. And, uh, and so it's just one of those things that most people aren't spending a lot of time learning about because they don't need to until the heat of the moment. So I'd really like for you to help us break down the different categories of options and that way people have a better sense when they go into that, what might be best for mom and dad. So absolutely. Be happy to do that. So, um, you know, we, it's called long-term care, you know, and, uh, and I would say in uh, most of these examples uh, I'm going to give you, it is care. We're providing care. However, we, we kind of put into, I'll start on the low end and we'll work our way up to maybe the, uh, the higher end of care. So on the, on the low end is uh, it, what we call independent living. And I guess there's really no care there. It's like, if somebody were to be in a 
more of a 55 and over type of a community. You have people that uh, are in that situation because they just don't want to take care of the house anymore. They're tired of mowing the lawn. They're tired of taking care of things. Maybe a spouse has passed and mom or dad, they, the kids don't want them to be living alone. So they maybe go into a retire. It's you know, sometimes called retirement, but I call it more independent living. And that's what it is. It's independent living. It's an apartment whereby a lot of services are being provided for you, you know, meals, activities, tours, bus tours, uh, all sorts of things. And um, it's just more of a convenient factor. If care is needed, a, a true independent living community wouldn't be able to provide that care. Okay. Uh, it, would, uh, it would just be like if you were at your, you know, living in your home and we're going to get an in-home caregiver. So they're not licensed, these locations. They don't have to be licensed. That's not a negative. Uh, but all the other types of uh, uh, long-term care, I'm going to go over with you now, are more licensed locations. You know, they're okay. more licensed, all right? So uh, on the independent living communities, though, just as a sense, uh, how many independent living communities are there, let's say in California, or if you, if you have some rough numbers, and are is there an average to how many residents are living on site are these large almost like apartment complexes or that can they be small communities, maybe anywhere in between, but I guess what's the scope of how, how big the independent living communities are in, in California? Well, it's, it's like, I'll give you an example. I can more accurately answer your question as it relates to assisted living because they're licensed okay. and, and we easily can track them. Makes uh, sense. You know, so there's over 8,000, assisted living just in the state of California alone. Mm. Independent living, you know, sometimes independent living could be a section of those assisted living locations. Sometimes okay. they could be standalone communities. Okay. I don't know. I mean, we're in the thousands, of course, but sure. I, I don't know the exact number. Sure. And usually, you know, independent living locations could be anywhere from, you know, 50 residents to, you know, a couple hundred residents in there. That makes so, um, again, they're, because they're not licensed, it's uh, sometimes if you're, if you're driving by and you see an apartment complex, it could be just an apartment complex or it could be an independent living. That makes sense. So it's maybe difficult to track if they don't have licenses, but you said right. for assisted living, facilities, those do have, they'll require licenses. So it's much more easier to track. And you said there are up to 8,000 facilities in California. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, now the majority of those locations. So that's kind of getting into that next step. And the term is assisted living. That's the assisted living. And even though I know you said facilities and I sometimes say facilities, but within the industry, we look at the facility as a medical facility. So uh, a hospital is a facility, a oh, nursing home, which we'll talk about. Skilled nursing is a facility. Okay. I, I look at a uh, assisted living more as a, we kind of call it more of a community. A community. Okay. Facility is kind of geared more to the medical. So this is not medical. And you're right, there are over 8,000 locations in California alone. However, the majority of them are literally licensed private residences. Okay approximately six residents in each. Okay. And they're, like, they're in the middle of a neighborhood. I'm sure everybody that's uh, listening to this podcast has probably passed one at some point, but never knew it. Because gotcha. most of them don't have a sign out front. 
Yeah. Right. But they are, they are what the, usually the ramp in front of the house. Cause that's the telltale right? sign, huh? You know, that makes me think actually my grandmother, grandma, Nana lived in an assisted living place. <laughs> so I keep, I'm using the wrong term. And, uh, and there was a ramp out front for the wheelchairs and it was in the middle of a nice community in Southern California. I would have had that, no idea otherwise. Right. And so what is assisted living? Assisted living is really taking care of what we call activities of daily living. ADLs, they're yes. referred to. And ADLs, if people aren't familiar with that term, are just think of it as those types of things all of us kind of take for granted when we get up in the morning. So we get up in the morning, you know, we do our stretch, and we get out of bed. Okay, not everybody can do that. Not everybody can get out of bed on their own. They might need some help, all right? That's a transfer. That's part of activities of daily living. Now we get out of bed and we go into the uh, bathroom and uh, have to do our nat- natural things. And again, that's another activity of living. Somebody who may need assistance with that is part of activity daily living. Now you're done and you're going to go take a shower or bath. And again, that's activity daily living. You know, a lot of us take it for granted, but somebody who needs help with that somebody who needs help with uh, reminders to take their medication or grooming. All those types of things are activities of daily living. And that falls into assisted living. And that's really what assisted. That is also what if somebody were to hire a caregiver at home, that is also what a caregiver would do, would be assistance with these activities of daily living. And just again, to juxtapose the assumption for an independent living community is that, you know, it's over age 55. So you, you most likely are still functional or capable of performing those activities of daily living, like getting out of bed and going to the bathroom or bathing or hygiene, you know, all these things. The assumption is you're doing that on your own. And the big contrast is then in assisted living, there's, there's actually someone else that's helping you with those functions. Exactly. Hence the name independent. Mm-hmm. You're independent. Now, if you're not independent and you still need some care, but you really want to live in an independent living community, but you still need some help, you'd have to hire your own caregiver, just like uh, you would do if it was your own home. Makes sense. Okay? And so assisted living, again, is it didn't start until it didn't start being licensed till the 90s. So it's really a young industry. Goodness. Wow. Okay. okay. That and, really helps uh, you for some perspective because uh, that makes sense why not everybody is as knowledgeable in it if it's, if it's fairly new in licensing. Right. And a lot of people get it confused because they use the term nursing. Okay. You know, these are all nursing homes. These are not. So we'll talk about nursing in just a second. But assisted okay. living is licensed by each state and there's regulations that they have to follow. And um, there are some, everyone is different. So some will provide kind of a, will handle people at a higher acuity level. I mean, we've heard of uh, people with various types of dementia, with like Alzheimer's. Does that mean that you can't be in assisted living? No, you, you can. Because okay. really, that individual does not necessarily need any medical care Okay. Needs help with the what we talked about before activities of daily living. Okay. All right. Now, obviously, somebody with Alzheimer's and maybe pretty far along, there are sections sometimes within the assisted living or separate buildings 
that are assisted living, but they specialize in working with people with memory care issues. Okay. So there's assisted living and there's memory care. Memory care is assisted living. Okay. But they just specialize with people who have issues, cognitive issues that, you know, just take caregivers that are more educated and know how to deal with those situations. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So again, every, uh, the regulations on, on assisted living are done state by state. So there might be certain regulations in California that could be different than in Oregon or in Washington or in New York. Okay. So that's a state by state regulatory system. And as I say, assisted living has grown tremendously because they're has become kind of a gray area. When I started in the business several years ago, it was quite clear on when someone would go to assisted living versus nursing. Today, it's gray, all right? The reason is, is that the various states have allowed assisted living communities to provide more care, you know, more, more type of care, Okay. I'll, I'll give you a, a pretty easy difference between the two of when someone would have to maybe go to nursing or a, ner- a skilled nursing facility would be more someone who has tubes that are going inside of them, a feeding tube or something like that. All right. Assisted living doesn't deal with that. Okay. However, let's say somebody was incontinent. I, you know, I, I dealt with families said, well, you know, my father or my mother is in adult diapers and I'm sure she has to go to nursing. No, you don't have to go to nursing. You could be in assisted living. That's all part of those activities of daily living. It's when you need medical, true medical help because assisted living, though many have nurses on premise, from a regulatory standpoint, they don't have to. So they're caregivers that are there there 24 hours a day to assist. So assisted living is a wide, wide range. And assisted living communities are on the rise. More and more locations opening up all over the country, more and more in beds, meeting the needs of the uh, growing boomer population and their parents. And uh, nursing, what's called a nursing home, but it's really called a SNF, we call it a SNF, a skilled nursing facility. That's a facility. Actually, skilled nursing facilities are on the decline. And the reason, you know, they're on the decline is because more and more people are moving towards assisted living. Now, is that a different license, different category by the state regulators having a skilled nursing? And again, it's different state by state. But uh, if you're talking about California, uh, Department of Social Services uh, licenses assisted living and uh, Department of Health and Human Resources license nursing and and hospitals. Okay. All right. So it sounds like with the skilled nursing facilities, one of the initial takeaways is that's maybe more significant medical care or maybe just different types of medical care where you truly need an actual nurse if there, especially if there's maybe tubes, you know, going in for feeding or or something of that nature. So yeah, and that's for more of the long-term care, but let let me tell you what's the shift that has happened through the years with skilled nursing. When you hear about someone going into a hospital and maybe having some surgery, and then they get discharged, and then they go into, quote, rehab. Rehab is a skilled nursing facility. 
Oh, very interesting. Okay. So it's just, you know, I might use the term rehab. So that's been the shift. The shift is skilled nursing facilities kind of reinventing themselves and handling more short-term stays. Mm, so they come, they, uh, you know, they had hip surgery and now they're going to go into rehab for a couple weeks or whatever that time frame is. And they'll go into rehab, which is part of a skilled nursing. So many of these skilled nursing facilities, the higher percentage of the patients that are there are there for rehab. Now, if they're there for long-term care, they're going to be living there possibly the rest of their lives. That is, you know, there are people that do that too, and there's usually one of two reasons why they're there. One is, like you said, the amount of medical care that is needed is so great and it doesn't fit them being in assisted living. And it doesn't make sense for them to be in a hospital because of the cost. It could, maybe they could be taken care of in a skilled nursing facility, and they may be living there the rest of their lives. And the other reason is if someone is on Medicaid in California, it's called Medi-Cal. You know, here in California, we always have to be different, right? right. It's, all, it's med- med- Medicaid, okay. which basically says that someone doesn't have the funds. They don't have the money to pay for private care because that's what assisted living is, generally speaking, is, for, you know, you're paying privately for that. And so in a, a skilled nursing, there are people that live there long term because of medical reasons. Or they're and or they're on you know some uh, on Medicaid in the government because the government says that they will help pay for people's care, seeing you know pay pay for people's care long term, but they need to be in a health facility, mm, and yeah. that's why now there are state by state. Some variances, because then somebody's thinking, well, could I be on Medi-Cal or Medicaid and be in assisted living? Generally speaking, the answer is no. But state by state, there may be some regulations that allow for that. Well, that's a really big takeaway, Frank, because if uh, somebody is in a situation where they're on Medicaid, Medi-Cal here in California, it sounds like even if they didn't necessarily need rehab, but they were they needed help with activities of daily living. If if the state is paying for it, that automatically pushes them into skilled nursing facilities. Right. Yeah, and I understand that rehab, that's being paid by Medicare. So Medicare is more for short term, right. up to I think, you know, 90 days. But it's if it's something something that's needed on a long-term basis. That's when Medicaid either kicks in if they're approved for that, or they have to pay privately. Even in nursing, they have to pay privately. Okay, all right. We haven't yet talked about costs for these. I imagine there is a wide range, but can you help the audience understand just how would they understand the different costs associated with just just put assisted living compared to a skilled nursing facility? Yeah, I mean it's you know that that it's a great question. Uh, but just to kind of give you an idea, if, if I asked you, you know, how much is this for a long-term care insurance policy? <laughs> I don't know if that would be, you know, your, or I said, how much is it to fly on an airplane? You know, so I mean, right. it's, it's such a wide variance, but I'll give you, but I'll still give you an idea, at least uh-huh. in California. Right. Okay? 
I mean, in assist, well, independent living, again, it's, it's a room, you know, it's a room rental. So, I mean, it's, uh, there's, you know, it's a, it's a wide, you know, wide range. Yeah. Assisted living could be anywhere from, let's just say three to $3,500 a month. And it could go up to, uh, you know, in a high-end memory care location, it could go up to, you know, 15000 plus a month, okay? But I would say probably the strongest range is probably in the five, 6000 per month. And again, what I'm including is everything on, on that range, meaning your accommodations and, an, you know, average level of care. Okay. Your meals, everything. Okay. okay. So that kind of gives you maybe, you know, an idea. Obviously, the higher the acuity level, you know, the, the higher the cost. Also, there's usually, uh, I have seen that there's a direct correlation between the cost of real estate prices. I'm talking residential homes. Okay. And assisted living. Meaning that if you're going to be in more of a, an affluent, you want to stay in a more of affluent area where there's higher residential, uh, you know, cost of homes. Okay, right. Usually the assisted living in those locations are also going to be higher for the mm-hmm. same amount of care, the same type of building. If you take that exact same building and the sure. same amount of care and move it into an area that where the, re- uh, where the residential prices are less, it's going to be less money. Okay, that makes that makes sense. So there is a direct correlation, a okay. direct correlation there. The other part of uh, long-term care, of course, is in-home care. A lot of people that say, "Well, I just want to get a caregiver at home." All right, and certainly, you know, someone that needs care, you know, someone to come in and help with those activities of daily living, or help with errands, or things like that and I might need a few days a week is a wonderful option. You know, someone that starts to get into needing someone there every single day, possibly even where uh, maybe memory care is an issue and maybe there has to be somebody even staying overnight. Now you're getting into some pretty significant costs. And sometimes it's actually just from a cost standpoint, it might be even better being in a assisted living uh, 24 hours a day cost actually can be less because you're spreading out a lot of those costs for caregiving, et cetera, versus having a dedicated person. But again, it's, it's everybody's situation is a little different. But home care is, you know, an, another example of long-term care. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's really helpful. Frank, this is really nice to have a structure and a framework to think about the different categories of care and who fits into which category. It sounds like from what you said, there's a lot more gray area. And and I imagine you maybe even uh, shift from one to the other. So it's important for those listening to know that there's just a lot of options out there. So I guess before we do wrap up, Frank, I want to make sure we talk a little bit about Senior Care Authority and the organization that you're helping to run. And if people are interested in reaching out, how they can best get in touch with you or someone on your team. Yeah, the one suggest, strong suggestion I, I, I have for everybody out there is don't try to do this alone. And, and the reason is, is that you know, you, it's not like uh, this is something you do on a regular basis. This may be, you may be confronted with a family member once in your lifetime, maybe twice. And it's not something that 
our advisors that are all over the country, actually all over North America, are trained, have a lot of ex- you know, have a lot of experience and do this for their living. All right. So don't try to do it on your own. Whether you're utilizing our services or anybody else's, don't try to do it alone. All right. But Senior Care Authority is a uh, a company that uh, really provides uh, advice to families to help uh, navigate the various care choices. Right. You know, uh, like we spoke about uh, everything that we just spoke about today. We take a look at all of that and we help provide options. Even if, if let's say, assisted living is, is the probably the best option. Then we're going to understand what the needs are and budget and all of that. And we're going to provide what we think would be the best options. And our advisors are around the country and they, you know, meet with the families face to face, obviously. And our, uh, this interview is taking place during this COVID-19 right now. So, you know, but we, we're doing, we're meeting with them virtually. We're doing virtual tours, uh, all of that. So we're still providing, you know, solid advice and especially now with what's going on. People need to understand, you know, all the protocol and uh, of these locations. So we provide that type of care or that type of assistance to families and work with adult children, etc. Our um, website is uh, SeniorCareAuthority.com. Our phone number, if you want to call, is 888-854-3910. And then we can put you in touch with an advisor in your area. And um, we look forward to uh, providing any advice. The, the wonderful thing about uh, the way we've structured this is similar to maybe financially, if you're looking to uh, buy a home and you have a real estate agent, the seller of that home is paying the commission. And it works the same way here. So if you're looking to find a place for a loved one, we have uh, uh, negotiated, uh, we, we have, you know, commission, it's pretty standard commission, but we've got commissions that we earn from the particular location. So therefore, it's not going to be a cost to you. Now, there's a number of other services we provide that uh, we do charge for, if, if, but we lay those out for you if you need that. An example might be maybe the family just isn't seeing eye to eye on what the next step should be for dad. And you need us to come in and try to be an advocate uh, for a parent and try to work out, get everybody on the same page. So there might be fees from that standpoint, and, and but we lay that all out. But as it relates to what we call placement, helping you find the location, we're earning our fees directly from those assisted living Mm, very interesting. Well, I'm, I'm, that's a really helpful background, Frank, because that naturally would be a question someone would have, but uh, that removes a lot of the barriers for people reaching out, especially maybe even in that moment of crisis, because it sounds like if placement is, if that uh, the fee is being paid by the uh, assisted living home, then there's no cost to the families that you're talking with um, or right. reduced cost. And that, that's really a great benefit. Yeah, and there's also been studies done that when a family tries to do it themselves, and it's not that they, they may not know of our type of service, so they do it themselves because they're unaware, that in most cases, far majority of the cases, they don't get it done right the first time. So they have to move mom or dad again. No. And that, that's pretty difficult on everybody. Uh, We try to get it done right the first time and, 
you know, also the studies show that sometimes 10 locations are visited before a decision is made. Amazing. And when we do this, uh, you know, we know the places. So we're going to probably provide maybe a choice of uh, options of maybe three, maybe four. And usually we get it right from those options. So it's a tremendous time saver as well. Yeah. Wow. Super. Frank, thank you so much for your time and your expertise on this. Uh, for those listening, I will share a link to SeniorCareAuthority.com in the show notes here so that you can check it out. Frank, we appreciate your time and hope you have a great rest of the day. John, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to The John Chapman Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. We encourage your questions, comments, and feedback. For additional information, check out thejohnchapmanshow.com or look for John on LinkedIn and Twitter. See you next week.